92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's No Rules Friday. We're off and rolling, too, behind the scene. But that's really No Rules Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when it comes to hopping on before we what we're talking about before we get on the mic. It's mm. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We'll hold it down until Kyle Bailey takes over at 3 p.m. But Colin was taking over from 10 to 12 with the boss man. And you just heard... Really, four corners, heel tough blog alive on WFNZ. Fitty getting more airtime than usual. You were kind of a co host today, second, third chair alongside Flounder, who was in. He just got you a Coke, too, because you had him run an errand for you. So now he's walking back into the studio, giving us more studio time. How did it go in the uh, midday show, Fitty? I mean, you said co host or third chair. I thought I was the actual host of the show, but maybe that was misinterpreted. But uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a Hosted um, <laughs> you know, it was two hours of what we deemed bruh and the boys, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking Panthers, Hornets, a lot of great memories, and uh, I'm glad you listened. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of great memories. But I was memories. like, he thought he was a, a real uh, coach on my UNC staff yesterday. That was a real professional way to end that sentence. At first, it was not, and there was like, yeah, a lot of great memories, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to get better every day. And I appreciate the opportunity from Colin. The thing is, did you listen at all to Charlotte Sports today before you were in? Or you're already in the studio. You're working. Yeah, I'm already in here. So so when I'm driving in, I'll be able to catch it. And then I was driving all over the place. Went to the Spectrum Center. Got a Kai Jones interview. So we'll play that a little later on in the show. He was awesome. What's great about Kai, real quickly, he actually gave me details as far as how he was improving. He gave us screen angles. How about that? Screen angles later yeah. on is what you can get interested in later on. Is okay. that a site you fit oh, dude. Is I've, that better than block percentage? I'm uh, <laughs> Anything's better than block percentage rate, which I referenced that during the show today. We were talking about P.J. Washington. And it's awesome. He's Hell, get rid of that. Just go with blocks per game. The dude's going over one at 6'8". It's awesome. Anyway, so I was listening. Fitty sounds very different on that show than he does with us. Like, you can hear the professionalism and also, oh, now it's host Fitty. And then when he goes into the producer chair, it's just all hell breaking yeah, loose. Exactly. It's, Doesn't that show you how dynamic I am? They're like, what does? makes someone good at radio okay. is to be able to read the room and figure out what type of role they need to be. Like the other day with Willie, Willie was just very laid back. He had some low T, if you will. So I came in <laughs> very mellow tone. You were his radio Viagra, is what you're saying? I'm everyone's Viagra. Um, and then when I was on with Colin Disturbing. and Hog or Colin mm. and Flounder, it was yeah, you know, we were kind of all three vibing and hosting and stuff like that. Now I'm here, and I'm here just to be an ass for the next three hours. Okay, yeah, it, it's so true though, because uh, just to give you a peek behind the curtain. Like, it is so different when you get into a different chair, and I don't know how to describe it, but when you're hosting, you get a little more professional. When you're doing the producing thing and then you become a different role, then Fiddy starts to curse a lot more than what he was with Colin just yeah. a little bit ago. Like, here we are. It's 12.02, and Fiddy already dropped an A-bomb. <laughs> just he can't help it. It's well, not so to mention Colin is management, so he's going to make sure he's a little yeah. tight for Colin. That's right. As opposed yeah. to us, wait, he doesn't care what happens to us. Well, and, and Plus, well, there's a little bit. I care what happens to you, Wes. You know, okay. if, if Slim doesn't come back on Monday, no hard feelings. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. And this is the <laughs> same guy 
that makes it known to everyone in the world if I don't respond in our group chat. Yeah. Like, it is so, so sensitive from him over it's there. It's like your girl sending you four or five texts and you don't respond and you're just going to get all the smoke. It's like, wait, only 13 minutes have gone by and yeah. I didn't respond. <laughs> and I've got four missed calls from Fiddy. Hey, are we okay? You've yeah. seen those memes, right, where yeah. you're in bed and then the girlfriend is thinking, oh, does he still love me? Do I make him happy anymore? I wonder yeah. what he's thinking about. And the guy's thinking, what do I want for breakfast tomorrow? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fiddy. Fiddy's like, oh, man, he wants Stroppy to be his producer. He doesn't want me to right, be. Right, right, right. Flatter. He likes smoke better. When he filled in for Kyle that one time, smoke so much better. And I'm just thinking, that's a good interview with Matt Doherty. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I'm thinking. Yep. Fiddy, you're good, man. 100%. You are good. The bagel guy, he wrote in. The women have a 100% block win rate when it comes to Fiddy. Oh, they're just swatting you. Just picking up where Wes left off yesterday. Wes insulted yesterday. I didn't think that was that bad. No, he did. What was it, though? I said something about, uh, we were talking about dinner, paying for dinner. That's right. And then I said something about the transaction afterwards. I asked him how much did he pay her after the dinner. No, that's good, Wes. No, that's good. That was bad. (laughs) I had that one locked and loaded. He wants to kill me. Look at that. Why is that good, man? It's, it's a funny joke. I, mean, I thought I mean, it was it's good. It's not it was like quick. I insult you or anything like that. I mean, like, you know, you said a bad word on Monday. I had to dump you off the air, which is kind of like your ex-girlfriend. These things happen. And yeah, they, they do happen. <laughs> are, are you going to play that, by the way? Like, are you going to play that at the review? week that was? Yeah, yes. That's okay. Like, when we were talking about it, just to give you another, let's just reveal everything behind we're the scenes. The curtain All of our dirty that was pretty good. I came in. I stayed quiet. If you notice, I leaned you didn't right say back on that wall. After. You didn't say anything even after. So, so Fiddy was mad that, or at least at the situation, he wanted to put that as a promo. And I was like, look, man, we can make fun of it. We can even do the week that was. I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. that's funny. But I don't want an FCC violation as a promo, even if you couldn't hear it. And Fiddy was like, man, let's promote the show and let's see you being goofy and silly. And then it got to heated, but we were good at the next segment. We were all good. It's zero beef that lasts with any kind of time, right? Like zero. But yeah, that's something that he wanted to do. And so now a compromise is let's not have it run so many times during the week, but instead let's go ahead and put it on the week that was. Oh, yeah. It was it. it, it I've known you for four years. We've worked together about a year and a half. Kind of, I guess. Then yeah. there was like three years of no communication from you. A lot of empty DMs in your in your Twitter there inbox. You go again. Mm. That was one of the best moments I've ever seen from you because you you are you're a passionate guy, but you do it very laid back. Like you know, with me, like you know, I'm all about the smoke. I come passionate in, but you know, laid back. You know, mm-hmm. and so for you to drop that that. That S bomb and that was that's a great word. Like we need to that word needs to be able to be said on the radio. That's one of the things that when I fix radio, you can say the S word <laughs> on you know, on on the airwaves. It was just it was great. No, that's it that's actually an interesting question though, right? Like mm-hmm. cause cause that's one that probably is it should be okay on the radio. The other ones I'm cool with not saying. Mm. You know, but but the S word, right? Like as, as a father, as the one with more responsibilities than we have, because yeah. you have to take care of another life. Mm-hmm. Is that something that should be said okay on the radio and television, or, uh, or should that be banned still? Yeah, nah, man, you gotta take that out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's much. either that or the the S O, and then I guess, I, I guess you can say S O B. Just use the acronym. Yeah, can we'll you? just use the abbreviation. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can say the full thing. Well, we've heard the B word a couple of times. You just said it yesterday, uh-huh. but you were saying it in the way that you were complaining about something, and that's something I've still never said on radio. Just stay away from it. Really? You know, I say damn. 
I said, this is such Colin is sweating listening to the segment right now. <laughs> Jeff is on vacation and we are going off the rails. But yes, I've said a couple, but only the ones that are very benign. Yeah, Th- those are the only ones I've said. But I- SOB, I think if you use the abbreviation, it's OK. But I'm just never going to say the B word like have, that. On have y'all ever cussed in front of Jeff on the radio with him? On the radio? Yeah, like, you know, you know, he oh, brings when we y'all do our yeah. Col- things. Colin no, is, I have not. Colin just walked by and was shaking his head. I apologize, <laughs> Colin. It's only one segment. I promise. We're just getting off the bus, um, but not even really. We're kind of hanging out on the bus, still talking stupid stuff. Yeah. I, I've not cursed with him on air, I don't think. I haven't either. You, should, I, you should do it. Have you? I'm sure oh, you have. Oh, yeah. Yes. He probably oh. embraces it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I get the full dad look. Do you? Oh, yeah. Now, the other week, because <laughs> he was talking about his vacation, he's he, you know he's going to the Grand Canyon. I asked him, are you going to take your kids to the Hoover Dam? And he's like, you know, I'm going to let my kids decide. And I said, Jeff, I heard it's a damn good time. Oh, <laughs> that's not. That's good. And that's the fine. look he gave me, you know, because it was a play on words, something I do very well. But it was also <laughs> the mean, you do word. it a lot. He was just like. <laughs> Fitty, go to break. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like that. Yes. I don't know if you do it, how well you do it. You do it a lot. That's for sure. In his mind, he does it very, Mm -hmm. very well. And then he gets mad when you don't laugh at him because he needs that reassurance (laughs) that it was funny. Speaking of which, that's the only vacation that you're going to take within the next, like, what, two years? You thought about going to the Grand Canyon yourself? Yes. Yeah, no. My mom and some of my cousins and I, we want to take two weeks. We want to drive out there and do... And really enjoy it. So I think I'm going to do it next year, and you'll find a, someone to replace me as your board op. That's right. Nice Robbie. Right. Yeah. Wally Pip, 100%. Ooh. Producer. Uh-oh. <laughs> While you're enjoying the scenery that is Grand Canyon. I guess I just didn't know why the Grand Canyon, but you're going with family. You're going to be driving out there. I also just love the views, man. Like It's something like every time I look at that, it, it, it reminds me how beautiful the world can really be. All I need is a running Soft cow. Side of it. It's the yeah. weirdest thing I've ever heard from right. Pitty. How is it fi- How is it weird? I never thought I was going to hear that, that from you. No, I did. For sure. I embrace it. Uh, I want to hear everybody's best vacation they ever took. 704-570-9610. What is the site of the best vacation that you've ever been on? Whether it be family, whether it be honeymoon. I don't want to hear the details. Just tell me the actual <laughs> vacation site that was the best. Do you have one that comes to mind? Best vacation site for you I've ever been on, Wes? Man, it... That's some good ones. I mean, I had a really good time when I went out to San Diego. And then, I mean, I love Miami, though. So Miami's great as well. We can't I had a good story about Miami, for y'all uh, about Miami. Not this past year I went with my girl, but the time before that when I was still single. I have a good story that you guys will get a kick out of. Not on the radio, but just <laughs> you saying, two what, guys. Are you, what are you doing? Tell us. <laughs> I can't tell that story on okay, the radio. Okay, so, so not, not in Miami? not No Miami detail stories well, like that, yeah. I mean, I just say that... It was a situation to where, uh, you know, I uh, it's okay. You don't talk need- to a, a, a young lady who then tried to uh, act as though I was a John. <laughs> and the situation got a little hectic. Okay. And I got a little bit Fair worried. enough. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Breasticles wrote in as we're at wow. Yeah, that's the guy's I name. I know. It's so painful. I never know. The thing is, it trips me up on whether I should read it or not. He said waterfalls in the mountains. The 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 site for the actual name on the text line doesn't really match there. NASCAR Brad said Amelia Island, Florida with his family. Rain, oh. Rain Man said Denver is awesome and driving up to Pikes Peak as, oh man. What, oh, he was saying it was scary. I don't even, what is that, a butt pucker? <laughs> I get free trips to Amelia Island. 
Do you really? Why do you give tri- free Because I go down there? to the coaches' conference for the ACC. So. He talks about this all the time. Yeah. No, you I do. love going down Amelia there. Island. Yeah. He talks about Jim Beheim all the time. Not, yeah, I have said that a few times, Walker. Not Walker just time. doesn't, man. No, I bet, his girl, I bet you Walker gets the smoke from his girl all the time. <laughs> That's you don't listen. <laughs> Did you even hear what I said? Um, B Money, he wrote in, best vacation was the Blue Lagoon in Greenland. Best vacation okay. ever. And then Baker Guy said, went sailing through the British uh, British. Virgin Islands doing the same in the Bahamas this July. I'm waiting for a joke from Fiddy at yeah. some point. Soon it's I'm going to get out question. of the country. Okay, what's the question? Speaking of a, a waterfall in the mountain, maybe this is just me judging you way too much. You give off the type of vibe that that's where you're going to propose to whoever you end up marrying. Oh, uh, You know what? I could see it. I mean, I Because you like being out in nature. I do. I love nature, man. You it's know. so true. I would absolutely be that guy. Your stereotype of me proposing next to a waterfall not far off. That's I'm, pretty good. I'm not going to... Right. Like, honestly, it's not anything that I'm ashamed of. It's not far off. That, that is something... Saved by a sports story, I think. What you got for us? Well, I, I figured we'll we'll talk about this because we've talked about this a lot. Caleb Love, he has found a new destination. Oh. All right, let's try to guess because Wes and I Michigan. haven't seen it. You're going to Michigan? That's correct. Okay, I'm going Michigan too. What's the answer? No, he said it's correct. That I is correct. That's about the... I saw it was between Michigan and Indiana, so I just guessed... Michigan. Do you, all right. Do you guys like that destination for Caleb? I think that'll be cool. They're, they're fairly high profile, so we'll get to see them on TV a good bit and things of that nature. You know what makes sense is the fact that Jet Howard is expected to go in the NBA draft. Jet Howard, very much a guy that was right. I mean, Jet Howard is going to go there. I like him, too. I like him as a prospect. And so Caleb Love can come in and fit that bill of, hey, crunch time, things are kind of stagnating at the end of the shot clock instead of Jet, now it's Caleb. That role makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you, Fiddy? He deserves Jawan Howard. Oh, that seems <laughs> like a bad thing for you. Yeah, I, I no, no. Wait, coach. now there's hate? Now there's hate? There was this nice send-off. Nope, Hey, we hate. appreciate it. They just deserve one another. Look at the look on his face. I know. It's, He's got to stare that would break ice right now. I know. As he says it. Wow, you want them to fail, and I can feel it in your bones. Both of them, you want them to fail. Does miserably. Michigan play Carolina this year? Oh, I'm sure they will in the ACC Big Ten Challenge for the umpteenth time in a row. Okay, that's a great question. That's the that is the question. They played them a good bit over the last few years. Well, they played them this last year, so I guess yeah, the Jordan class. Would you do it again? I guess like would the it's not like the schedule makers are doing that for drama, are they? Or are they doing? It? <laughs> well. I mean, this year, though, it, I think it's coincidental, but it would be great, though. Like I said, that storyline would be excellent. Then he gets Carolina 40 on 10 of 39 shooting. Would it make up, though, for Chris <laughs> Webber calling time now? Never. Nothing will ever make up for that memory unless we could go back in the time machine and then Chris Webber does not call the timeout. <laughs> and he gets a slam dunk <laughs> well, to win it. You know, if he doesn't call the timeout, maybe they call him for the travel he got away with, too. Maybe so. Okay. All right. We're going to go back and fix some of the tournament history between Michigan and North Carolina. the time machine. But there is the news. Caleb Love has found officially a new home. He is uh, He's going to be playing his basketball in Ann Arbor with Juwan Howard as their head coach, at least for now. That's going to be a really interesting basketball program to watch next season. It's Wes and Walker. We'll be talking about the latest buzz on who the Panthers will take at number one. Does anyone know? Sports Radio 92. WFNZ.
Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ just broke the news. Fitty did that Caleb Love is going to Michigan to play next year after playing with North Carolina for the past three seasons. You can text us, give your reaction, 704-570-9610. couple people writing in about Caleb Love. Charlotte-born GJ says, Tar Heel fan here. Glad he moved on, but rooting for Caleb, I'm sure Fitty wouldn't take back his Final Four play. I'm not sure you would take back the Final Four play, but you're ready for him to move on. And this was the right decision. This was the right decision by both parties. North Carolina, Caleb Love. And I wondered, it, it seemed like Caleb Love wanted to stay at UNC, right? Like, I, I wonder if, if... I think in a perfect world, he would yeah. have. He just knew it would just be too much, and probably Hubert gave him the nudge. Well, look, in that Brendan Marks athletic piece, detailing some of the stuff that happened within this season... Caleb Love is the guy that I, I don't think there was anything that was shown about Caleb Love being problematic off of the court, right? Like, and I think just because of the way he plays, because he's such a soul, I need to get a bucket right now type of guy. Yeah, it's selfish. Maybe I'm beating around the bush when trying to talk about it and label it what it is. It's it's frustrating, but I don't think that means he's a selfish guy. I just think that means that's his style of basketball. Yeah. And then when you read all the stuff in The Athletic, it's just about the confusion on the court more so as who needs to have the basketball in their hands. And it's RJ that didn't want the shooting guard preseason award watch list stuff. And it's even Caleb. Remember after the season, Caleb is the one telling you that he wanted to play in the NIT and win something with these guys. That That's why for me, yeah. Caleb is always going to get a lot of smoke. And I couldn't stand watching him play too. I think I think it was time. Let's get that clear, at least as far as my opinion goes. But it will always be a little more complicated than what Heels fans will make it out to be as far as the kind of mood, the kind of attitude that he has. Man, that guy did want to win in the NIT with that core as constructed. And I'm not so sure that was shared by a lot of the other players because in that piece, too, it looked like that it wasn't a unanimous decision, but most of the players on that team did not want to play in the NIT. At least Caleb Love vocally at least in that soundbite in the locker room after the regular season ended, he told you he did want to play. And I think a lot of that stuff spoke volumes about who Caleb Love is as a guy. As a basketball player, didn't work out. But as a dude, I'm always going to appreciate what he did for Carolina. Well, and I think, too, I find it commendable, definitely, that he wants, that he has that attitude, that he wants to play, that he wants to win something uh, with his teammates. And I think the interesting thing about him is that his game, you could say it's a little misguided, but I would ask Carolina fans or a fan like Fitty, do you think that the inefficient way that he played, like the shots that he would sometimes put up, do you think sometimes he did that out of necessity or he did it out of selfishness? I think I think deep down at the end of the day it was out of necessity because you were playing three on five on offense yeah. because Leaky Black was never an offensive player. Pete Nance never found a role, and so you just got you just got resolved to the fact you had three guys that could take shots. Don't get me wrong; there were some definitely some YOLO shots. Oh, for yeah, sure, that, that he would take. <laughs> there but, were definitely those. But when you've got thirty seconds to shoot the ball in the first twenty-five seconds, you're just passing it back and forth like someone's got to shoot the damn thing. Yeah. And he just got a, he got put in a lot of bad situations that Hubert Davis couldn't get him out of. And so it was. It was a lot. It was a lot of twofold. Like like Hubert's limitations, X's and O's as a second year head coach, really really came to light this year with no Brady Manic. 
And then just whatever disconnect there was between him and RJ and then whatever Baycott had going on, he was never put in a situation this year to thrive. Well, and, and this is what I'm interested in. I know you're partly joking about Juwan Howard and Caleb Love deserve each other. Maybe you're not. This is just who you are as a dude. But at the same time, <laughs> when we're talking about Caleb Love, <laughs> when we're talking about Caleb Love, like that's that's the thing of the deserving part. Hey, you ruined the season because of your play. You ruined the season because of how things shook out this past year. And that's what I have a hard time going towards. For, for me, it's the fact that Hubert Davis, in that article at least, it looked like there was a harder time defining roles for RJ and Caleb again. And that's the maddening part about all of this is that I thought we figured this out the year prior when Carolina went on the run and those guys in the backcourt were able to coexist. And then so Caleb Love is telling you he wants to win. Dennis Love is in that article constantly. Part of it's funny because he's not afraid to put his name on it, which I, honestly I respect, but he did go nuclear. He didn't say anything wild towards mm -hmm. Hubert Davis and, and that he didn't chastise him. I think he had some really important points there. I think he was very true about what he was saying that what would happen is at the end of the shot clock, the offense would bog down and that's so true. And then who would do the yellow shot thing? It would be Caleb love. And by the way, that's not actually helping his numbers by any means that actually hurts him because he's taking worse shots. Some of that's on him, but a lot of that too is the confusion. And that's why I'm willing to give Caleb love a little bit of a break more so than I think a lot of people are, especially as heels fans. You, well, you, oh, you, go ahead. I was just going to say like the, the thing for me and West, I mean, you watched, you go back and you look at his body language at the loss at wake forest in February, coming off the Duke loss. It just looked like a guy that didn't want to be there anymore. And like, then you would see moments whenever, the shot would go in. He would, you know, how many yeah. times? I feel like every time he, he made a shot, he was pumping himself up. But it just felt like whenever it went wrong, it felt more so like with him as opposed to RJ, Kayla, or RJ, Mondo, Leaky, whoever. It felt like he threw in the towel. And then at the end of the year, it was like, no, I want to go play in the NIT. It felt like from him, there was even mixed messages coming out of what mm. he wanted from his Carolina experience. See, I think the reason why I posed that question is because – I did choose to kind of step back and view it from that way. It's like if you're coming down and you're him, like you said, you have Leaky who's limited offensively. Armando in ways is Leaky. I mean, Leaky. He's limited offensively. And then I would always talk about how R.J. Davis, in my opinion, would pick and choose when he wanted to be aggressive and when he didn't. And I do think in a lot of cases, Caleb Love did feel like, man, I'm a man on an island here. If nobody else is going to step up and be the aggressor on offense, I'll be that. Like you said, it's not like it's it's he's doing it for the glory or, or doing it to stat pad. And that's why I kind of stepped back and looked at it in that fashion. I'm like, well, he kind of did get put in a lot of situations where he had to be the aggressor on offense and I think at times he probably got annoyed with his teammates because they weren't playing aggressive enough and that's probably why you did see some of the body language from him that you did because he's like man these guys don't want to play there you know Kobe would do that if Kobe felt like guys weren't coming out with that killer mentality and out the play, he would get a little bit despondent as far as just being like, all right, if you guys don't want to do it, I'm going to shoot all the shots and we'll just play like that since you guys don't want to come out here and play aggressively. So I think Caleb Love in some ways deserves a, a few breaks now and then. It'll be interesting to see the talent that's around him at Michigan. I don't think Dickinson will come back, but just if he no, has more not, scoring yeah. around him and if he does decide to play a more efficient game because he does have the type of teammates around him that he feels like he doesn't need to do everything. Yeah, and, and I think that that's kind of the question for me because there's still – 
even early in the shot clock, Caleb Love would take some awful shots. I, I just wonder how much of the role was based off what he wanted and based off of what Hubert Davis was telling him, based off of what his team expected from him and what he expected from himself. Just where where is the communication going so poorly as to why it kept being a problem all season long? Where is that coming from and how could it be fixed? And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, it wasn't. And Caleb Love had to go. And I will say, Caleb also having to deal with all of the criticism coming from the fans. And part of it was warranted. I think a lot of it was not. As, well, and even at the end of the season, right? Like, it's it's the R.J. Davis thing where he was viewed as this guy that could do no wrong. You know? Everybody loves R.J. That, But the confusion was on both parts there in the backcourt. And that's what's interesting. I know you rose your hand high for that. Oh, no, I was just saying that I was in that category of yeah. the guy that criticized when it was probably deserved. I was probably the guy that criticized when it wasn't deserved. Yeah. And I was also the guy that said, dude, RJ Davis, like I painted him to be a saint because he is my, he's my favorite player. Like I embody everything that he is about. My heart couldn't handle seeing him turn your phone off over there, Slim. Goodness uh, gracious! <laughs> so so right. Yeah, during during a rant that you're given, I just have some notifications going off. I'm sorry. Feel free to go ahead. But, you know. So yeah, I mean, hopefully he goes to Michigan and can can showcase the type of player that he's capable of being. Because I think at, I think at his core. At his absolute core, the guy you saw from February of 2022 to the national title game is who he is who he can be on a consistent basis. But you got to have good coaching, you got to have good players around him. And you know, I said they they deserved each other, and maybe that was a little bit rude. My heart isn't going to miss him play because as much joy as he brought us in six weeks. There was two and a half years of some heartache and some frustration. Well, look, maybe your heart, but my brain is telling me I'm not going to miss it. Like it's just, <laughs> it, it just wasn't good basketball at yeah. some point. And so I, I think this is an adi- addition type of, uh, excuse me, it's an addition by subtraction type of thing with RJ Davis now being clearly the point guard in the backcourt. Seth Trimble can come along as he chooses and as he can, but he's not going to be, there's no confusion as far as who is the real PG on that team right now. It's RJ Davis at this point, And that's why I'm a little hesitant to go after LJ Cryer. It's why I bet they're not a part of the multitude of teams that are listed to be in the market for LJ Cryer, the guard that is in the transfer portal coming out of Baylor. All right, let's switch it up. Let's talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers where, yeah, there's more buzz and not more buzz at the same time with Carolina, who they're going to be selecting number one. Here's Jeremy Fowler on ESPN. He said, I asked at least 20 NFL personnel people on this, and the votes are essentially split between Alabama's Bryce Young and Ohio State's C.J. Stroud. There might be a slight edge to Young, but it's still too close to decipher who the true favorite is to be number one right now. And here's what he says. The Panthers have done, quote, a stealth job holding the suspense, and only a few people in their building truly know the name that is going on the draft card. They have done a stealth job. Okay, I've mentioned this comparison quite a bit. It's absolutely what happened with Cleveland in 2017 when we did not know who was going to be the number one pick really until that day. And then the rumor started to come out about Baker Mayfield. We have no clue. I just, I can't tell you, Wes. Doesn't look like Jeremy Fowler can. There are people in the organization that don't know. And that makes sense. If you're Scott Fitterer, if you're Frank Reich, if you are... Whoever, with that kind of authority, 
you don't want to tell the scouts, you don't want to tell anybody else who it's going to be because there are leaks for a reason, right? So I imagine that there are only a couple people in that building that truly know who the number one pick is going to be. Yeah, and I believe, as I've said, I don't think they fully know what they want to do. And and, and that's the thing that's so crazy with these reports. We had Chris Mortensen coming out saying they all love, and I'm doing air quotes, Bryce Young. But then you hear this story come out that only a few know what they're really going to do. So it's like you you get a different source every day saying that they're all in on this guy, all in on that guy. And I just, like I said, I maintain that they don't truly know uh, just yet. I do think the Panthers are doing a good job. But then it's like when you hear from somebody like Chris Mortensen that they all love everybody in the building loves uh, Bryce Young and that he's going to be the guy, you know, it can just throw you for a loop every day. It's a different opinion. And then somebody claims to have that inside information of what's going to happen. But I just believe that everything's still on the table right now. Well, and what's interesting about Bryce Young, it's always been the size and whether you are willing to overlook that because the tape is so good, because the guy has hardware as being one of the better college football players of the last two years. The two years ago, that campaign was amazing going for close to 5,000 total yards throwing, if I'm not mistaken. And then on the ground, we also know just how effective he can be using his legs. And then last year, the numbers weren't as good. Battled an injury before, I believe it was the LSU game, if I'm not mistaken, was when he was battling a little bit. But didn't suffer the, the monster injury that Tua did with his hip coming out of Alabama. And I know there's been a lot of Tua comparisons there. Here's an interesting question for everybody. You can text in 704-570-9610 to the Garage Door Guru text line. I feel like Bryce Young and Victor Wembanyama both have that same worry because Bryce Young's tape is awesome. And what is everyone saying? If he was six foot 220, then he'd be the guy that was clearly the number one overall pick. Victor Wembanyama is more generational than Bryce Young is, right? Like I'm Victor, as far as those guys as a prospect respected in their sports, Victor Wembanyama is number one. But everybody is a little worried about his frame because he's too tall. So when you don't have anything in the constructs of what you usually see within whatever window that makes sense, you're going to be worried about injury. We even had this with Zion, and now that's a little bit of a problem because the dude's played like 40 games. (laughs) I mean, it's not there's not much coming from Zion, and that's a body we haven't seen before, and that's what we get worried. Okay, Bryce Young, that small, playing the QB spot. Kyler Murray even a little more stocky and can run away from guys because he's a freak athlete. So Kyler Murray doesn't even fit in the construct of what Bryce Young is. Victor Wembanyama clearly you got to take him at number one, but any concern you have revolves around the 7-4 frame being a twig. Is he going to get broken down once he starts to play in the NBA? You still take the shot, but that's the worry. Very interesting. Too tall, too short, two different sports. But those are the worries with guys that otherwise put on awesome film for you. Well, the thing is, if I had to pick one that I'm, that I'm more worried about, it's definitely going to be Wemby. And a lot of the the, the older heads that you hear, uh, they want to scoff at that he's the greatest prospect of all time. And one of the first things that they say is that, oh, the guys that are that tall, they never make it. And it is kind of true as far as the injuries that they have to lower extremities, the the feet, the, the the lower legs. I mean, you can go from Sean Bradley, uh, you know, just take your pick. And Chet Holmgren definitely did not help his case no. when he got injured, even though it was kind of a run-of-the-mill, kind of stepped on somebody's foot and things of that nature with Chet. But people automatically looked and said, see, see, 
Those tall guys that play like a guard, it always happens. The feet, the lower legs gets them. And so that's the thing with Wimby. And so if I had to pick which one, because with Bryce Young, I've seen uh, Drew Brees be a durable, small quarterback and, and get back them ball out and take those hits. Because, I mean, just look, Panthers fans, Cam Newton, when he took that shot from T.J. Watt, he was pretty much that essentially ended uh, Cam Newton's career as far as him being a, a top-flight elite player, and Cam was as big as it gets. So that's why I say, like, size matters to an extent, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Cam was a monster back there, and one hit took him out. One hit can take out anybody. And I know people say, oh, well, he's smaller, so it might not take as much to end him, but it's football. Like I said, Bryce Young played in the SEC against all of these guys that you tell me mm-hmm. it's NFL junior. It's the NFL farm system. All these guys that are going to become studs in the NFL. He took hits from these guys. He played in these games and he was just fine. So I'm not worried about that at all. And his game is not predicated on athleticism. He's not out there running a 4-3, running all over the field like Mike Vick. He's a guy that plays from the pocket first. And we know with the rules that are here for quarterbacks, you can barely touch him or you're going to get a flag. So he's good. So if I had to choose a player out of these two that I would be most worried about, it would be Wimby just because of the history of the guys that I would probably go with 7-2 and above. That's probably the the height threshold because we've seen the seven one, the David Robinsons and stuff. They were good. If you're considered freaky tall, yes, is that seven two or above? I'd say seven two and above because we've seen the seven one guys come in and thrive. Where you talk about the David Robinsons, uh, Shaq, guys like that, yeah. they were they were, they were pretty good. They didn't suffer too many injuries. Yeah, but then when you start talking at seven two, seven three, guys like that. I mean, like what's Rick Porzingis? Smith. Porzingis is seven two, seven four. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Porzingis has suffered a lot of injuries as well throughout his career. So I think when you get to that 7-2 threshold and above, those are the guys that you see kind of ending up on the injury list a lot. All right. So as a Charlotte sports fan, I'm interested in this. Text us, 704-570-9610. As a Charlotte sports fan, with the possibility that the Hornets could get the number one pick just like the Panthers do, who is the guy you're worried about being injured most? Because of their freaky frame, one way or the other, is it Bryce Young being small or is it Victor Webinyama being too tall? Text us. And who are you more worried about with their health as a possible number one selection? Time now for the Fitty Flash. Talk about great health, baby. Fitty Flash has all of that over there. What's your number one? What you got? <laughs> all right. We're going to save the Augusta update for the next segment. So we'll work in a little baseball here. The Braves won their home opener last night at home against the Padres in walk-off fashion. They'll be back in action again tonight at home against San Diego. The Charlotte Knights, they play a doubleheader today. Of course, they're still on the road against Columbus. The Knights, though, after winning three straight, uh, three straight they did drop earlier in the week. They're now 3-2 and two as the baseball heats up around both the MLB and AAA as we head into Easter weekend. And Justin Verlander... The Mets ace does does believe he will pitch sometime in the month of April. Okay. Don't know when that's going to be, but uh, he, he believes he will pitch at some point this month for the Mets. All right. We'll continue to watch Fitty Sweat as the Mets season goes on in anxiety. We'll come back with the Masters update. We'll also, also talk about some spring football, NC State spring game tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Welcome back. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ and Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports fan. Let's get to some of the texts that you had about who you're more worried about being hurt as the number one pick if it's Wembenyama or if it is Bryce Young. Logo 704 said small QBs are typically healthy. Victor is the problem. DJP said, I'm more worried about Victor. Bryce Young has a decent uh, decent offensive line and if pick number one, what is going to protect Victor? So, so those are some of the texts there. Alright, we have the Masters theme song. So we'll give you an update here with Brooks Kepka. Five under on the day, 12 under overall, and he has a three-stroke lead. How about Jason Day up there in the second Mm. spot? Jason Day with only one major attached to his name. Fiddy, I know that you're a Jason Day guy. You wanted to see him win a lot more than what he did after his first major, so maybe you got one here. Yeah, I mean, any any excuse to have his wife up there on on the screen with him (laughs) while he's trying to win a major, I'm definitely there for. He's, He's a fun golfer to watch, though, coming back off a back injury. To be back playing the level that he is is, is pretty good to see. Uh, really fun leaderboard, to be honest with you. How about John Rahm? Seven under. He's tied for third. He has not finished. He's going to tee off at 118, so he'll be teeing off here in about 30 minutes or so. You also have Colin Morikawa. He's up there. Two under on the day. Five under overall. Jordan Spieth, five under overall as well. Two under on the day. And then Shane Lowry. He's also someone with a major. Shane Lowry from down under in Ireland, as Fiddy said yesterday, about Seamus Power. Hmm. He's four or under, so is uh, Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott. Lots of big names, man. And how about Phil Mickelson? Tied for 15th, three under two. So lots of very recognizable names. Good for the sport to see, not that the Masters is struggling getting viewers, but still cool to see that the Masters does have this kind of star power up there. Yeah, just let me know when it's over. We'll do, 100%. We'll update you on Sunday. We'll <laughs> no, touch you I on definitely, Sunday. Especially if Tiger can get in the hunt, but he's struggling right That's now. That's the you bad know what one. I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, he normally will bring the entertainment, but we'll see. But listen, Masters menu. Their concessions, uh, we're going to talk about that right now. You know we love the food here on this show. They have a very reasonable menu considering how big uh, this event is. We know everywhere you go, every sporting event you go, you're going to pay a lot of Skrilla uh, to get something to eat and get something to drink. But just looking at the menu, fellas, $25 in your pocket. What are you going to get? Yeah, so, and I forget who put this out there, the $25 minimum, but I thought that would be cool to try to go after. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everything is really affordable. I and mean, this is one of the cheaper menus I've ever seen oh, at yeah. a sporting event. So, look, if I'm going down to Augusta, I like to do the traditional thing if I'm there. Mm-hmm. I want to do the pimento cheese sandwich if I'm there because that's what they're known for. So All I'm right. definitely going to get that. The pimento cheese sandwich, that's only $1.50. So that's okay. So I'm already at twenty three fifty, and so after that, I'm pretty much going to stock up on beer. They're five dollar domestics, five dollar imports. So I'm probably going to set aside five bucks for food. The okay. pimento cheese. Maybe I even get two of those things. Maybe I get some chips, whatever. Yeah, you're probably going to need it the way you're going to be pounding beer. Oh, well, it's only there. four. It's not that much. That's not bad. If I can get four beers for twenty bucks at Augusta, 
I'm going to be there for a long time. That's what I'm going to roll with. So give me the four domestics, import whatever. It's kind of chilly today, too, so that might not be a bad idea. I'm so I'm going to do that, get my, my liquid coat on, if you will. Okay. And then I'm going to do the pimento cheese thing, couple sandwiches. That's how I'm spending over there at the menu. Absolutely going to take advantage. Man, of. so we have to spend the whole 25, huh? Well, you don't have to, I guess. Yeah, well, but I'll probably go with it. depends on what time. I mean, if I'm going to be there, we're talking all day, right? Yeah, we're talking a good. Right. Yeah, a, so a I'm gonna come day down outing. in the morning. I'm gonna get the uh, chicken biscuit. Uh, oh yeah, the chicken biscuit. Yeah. That's pretty good. Give me that's a little mixed bucks. fruit and something to drink. Mixed so fruit. We're talking four. Yeah, I need a little fruit. You know, I hope it's good. I don't want the the cantaloupe and the honey doing that. I don't want that. <laughs> uh, so that's two. Then I get me, you know, a little sports drink or whatever. So that's six bucks. I'll come back that afternoon. Probably grab uh, that, that barbecue sandwich. Looks pretty good for three dollars. Uh, I'll do that. So you're just going to eat a lot of food, basically. Yeah, I'm just going to eat, man. I'm not a big drinker like that. I'm going to get that, some chips, uh, maybe grab me, you know, some cookies. <laughs> oh, a peach ice cream sandwich. Now, that sounds really good. Yeah, I, that's one that might take a little bit over. I'll probably have one of those at some point during the day for a snack. That sounds good. And, and then you still got drink. 15 bucks over. Yeah, and then something <laughs> to drink. So, you know, I'm just eating. Yeah, you already. Fitty, is there anything else that you would do? Are you going to do the pimento cheese traditional nope. thing, or are you going to go with something you like? Right? I do not like pimento cheese, so yeah, I'd probably neither. go with the barbecue sandwich because I'm a fatty. Get the chicken biscuit. Dude, that Georgia pecan caramel popcorn's got my attention. Oh, yeah. I it's missed that. Add good, that to my list great as point. well. It's a great point. That's the one you're going to get to. You're yeah. just going to spend the rest of the money on that. Very good. Uh, moon pies are on here for a dollar. Gross. Moon pies are gross, right? A mini moon pie. Is that is that from the chain moon pie? Or is that one they make there at the <laughs> I don't know. At the golf course. I remember the first time I tried a moon pie and Southern immediately spit it back out. Straws. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Moon pie, so there's a lot of southern items on this list. Remember pimento that? cheese. I'm surprised y'all don't like pimento cheese. My mom likes good. that stuff. I don't I don't Very I good. Moon I, pies are gross. I tried it once on a uh uh, chicken biscuit, I think somebody had. Uh, that sounds Bojangles good. Chicken yeah. biscuit, where you could put the pimento cheese on oh, it. It's not bad. It's, it's just thing. not. It's just not for me. But that Georgia peach ice cream sandwich sounds pretty good. All right, there's a lot there. So that's what we would order. So I'm gonna be the one that is having a good time while y'all are just enjoying a lot of the food, the popcorn, the ice cream sandwich, as well as all the other chicken biscuits that you guys order when we go down to Augusta. Well, we talked about uh, spring football. Just transitioning over to the campus, Kona. And uh, we talked about spring football. NC State is playing their game uh, this weekend. We talked about it with uh, Andrea Adelson yesterday. We talked about Robert and I, the new uh, offensive coordinator, and Brennan Armstrong at quarterback. Uh, but spring football is abound right now, and there's lots of cool storylines. And just to give you guys a few players to watch, and we can get a little bit of a, a opinions on that, the number one guy that's going to be uh, of interest this spring is Arch Manning. Come on now. He was one of the top two to three players in the nation, depending on what service uh, that you want to check out. He's been battling. Texas has been at it for a while, I believe, uh, for a couple of weeks now. Um, but, you know, he's going at it with Quinn Eros, who cut his mullet. I think he's got more business-like because he yeah. knows Arch Manning is on that behind. It's Arch's job now. Arch is already getting paid like a pro because he's second in NIL to uh, one Bronny James. So he's already getting M's and uh, holding it down at quarterback with him. You also have Hakeem Williams uh, at Florida State looking to be the next great playmaker there. That's another guy of significance. Miami has a couple of uh, offensive linemen. Francis... Malgoa and Samson Okonlala. They sound like they will put you in the dirt, okay? 
Uh, Notre Dame. Sure. <laughs> Notre Dame's Braylon James is another wide receiver. Notre Dame hasn't had a really uh, big-time playmaker. I know Chase Claypool was a pretty good player, but as far as just a dominant player, Josh Downs' his little brother, Caleb Downs, is a top-notch safety coming into the Alabama program. Second highest ranked safety to commit to Alabama since 2000, trailing only Landon Collins. So he's a guy to watch. And then, man, some of these names. Nico, I am Ali Abeya. Right. Yeah. I think I got his name right. I like him. I did watch his tape, though, before. He He's pretty good, man. So uh, those are some names of interest. But uh, what do you think about some of those? And is Arch Manning uh, of interest? Yeah, I can't wait to see. He's must-see TV. If he ends up being Texas's starting quarterback, I won't miss a game. Yeah, Arch Manning is the one because you have Bronny James as the guy that is making the most NIL money, and then it's Arch Manning, and he's not really all that close. You divide it in half, and that's what Arch is making. But still, the dude is making more NIL money than anybody not named after one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So pretty highly anticipated with what we're going to see from him being the quarterback of Texas. You want to see if he can be the savior of that franchise that has not been to a championship game or gotten really anywhere close in such a long time and has gone through a few different coaching changes. But I'm also interested in the Tennessee QB. And Fiddy, I know that's kind of your adopted team. I know North Carolina, that is the true son of your fandom. But I know Tennessee, you give a little love to. We've heard you sing Rocky Top, I think, twice on these airwaves before. Are you excited about the era post-Hendon Hooker, who gave you an excellent season before he went down with an injury? I think as long as Josh Heupel's there, you have a reason to be excited because you know that offense is going to put up points because, I mean, it scored on everybody except Georgia Last year, so yeah, I mean... I, now, Joe Milton is there, too, yeah. so it's not like this guy is going to outright get the job immediately. And if you go back and watch the Orange Bowl game, and dude, Joe Milton threw a pretty ball, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not so convinced. I'm not even going to try to say this kid's last name. Mm-hmm. I'm not so convinced the new five-star is going to start, but... You know, for for all of you in Rocky Top, they should be excited because I think the Vols are here to stay for the next decade. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Lama Lieva. That's how I'm going to roll with. It sounds right. So, Nico Lama Lieva. That's what I'm going to roll with. Lama Lieva. Okay. There you go. Good good for you, Fiddy. Excellent. That sounded condescending. (laughs) He's no Sheamus Power. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He's not no Sheamus Power from down under. No, sir. He is not from Ireland. Is the I at the beginning of his name? Is that silent? Is that? I'm going to say that's an L. That's an I. Is it an I? Yeah, it's an I. I just looked it up. So not Lamez. <laughs> I looked. Yeah. It is an I. So it's not Lama It's Lieva. either Amalieva oh, or Oh, man. I thought we had a great nickname like the Lama coming in. The yeah, Lama would be great. Two. Yeah. That's the, the nickname Lama. I'm that like. would be a good one. All right. So it's not Lama Lieva anymore. Either way, Joe Milton, Amalieva. I think after seeing his footage, I think, he, I think he beats out Joe Milton. I think you either think Joe so? Milton starts the season as the bridge. And, man, this kid takes over. He, he's the real deal. And also, fun fact about him, he was one of the top-ranked men's volleyball players in the country. Oh, those guys are freak athletes. That, he's an athlete. Have you seen those indoor volleyball players before? Where they just, they're, they're guys not. that have, like, verticals of 45 inches. And it's absolutely nuts. <laughs> and he's not soft because he went to Long Beach Poly, so don't get the volleyball <laughs> twisted. Okay, he's straight out of Long Beach. I won't. So, yeah, those are some guys to check out. Again, NC State spring game this weekend. You can check out, see the quarterback competition uh, that they've got going on, MJ Morris and Brendan Armstrong. So that should be uh, a lot of fun as well, man. So spring football is off and running. Lots of games to come by uh, as the weeks come through this month. So when we come back... Hornet season winding down. We're going to talk about some of the storylines surrounding the Hornets as their season is coming to an end. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.